I snapped to my last heartbeat on my floor and I died right there. That was it. And I was in a black infinity place and I knew I was dead and I wasn't getting out. And it was just like, this is it. Like I was just wasted my life and this is it. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about the idea of absolute truth. Is there just one truth? Or is truth simply relative to one's own subjective thoughts? There's some people who believe that there's only one truth, but there's others who believe that it just depends upon perception. However, this idea of subjective truth is really beginning to become a very popular thing. In our last show, we had Jordan Samuel describe how he grew up going to a Catholic school, but he had so many questions as to why even believe in all of that, that he often got into trouble for asking too many questions. So he rebelled from that lifestyle, and he tried to make his own truth by believing in various different beliefs that he followed. He explained how he was after the party life, woman, drugs, and his beliefs justified that lifestyle. He got into stealing cars, and then finally one day he landed a normal job, but he had an unexpected heart attack from a drug overdose when someone laced his marijuana with crack cocaine. Today he's going to describe a reality experience when he died and ended up in a hell that he never believed existed, because his truth didn't allow that. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, Jordan, it is great having you, because... It's really interesting how you got kind of a rude awakening when you had this near-death experience. In our last show, you said you were hauling the joint that later you found out was laced with crack, which is very dangerous. Tell me about the word hauling. What does that mean? Yeah, like hauling, I'm talking about it. That's where you hold it in before you blow it out, you know, inhaling it in, holding as long as I can in my lungs. And so, like I said, I had no immunity at that time. And that's when, you know, everything started spiraling out of control. And Uh I made it to my trailer room, right? And my heart was just pounding, you know, up and down, up and down, fluttering. You know, felt like someone grabbed boiling hot water and poured it over my heart and I was sweating profusely. And, you know, that's when my heart was failing on my last flutters of my heart. I had no strength. I couldn't even get to my phone. And at the same time, I was thinking that, hey, this would just pass, you know, like, oh, I've done drugs. Like, what's going on, right? Like, But I never knew the level that was actually happening. And that's when I went to a place in hell. And now I always make this very clear because some people say, yo, man, you were tripping. It's like, no, I know the difference between tripping and then experiencing. Mm. Those are two different things that I'm just addressing right now. And I'm fully aware of them. Mm, Right. It sounds like this experience you had was a near-death experience where you came to a different place rather than being high. I understand you felt like you left your body and that it wasn't like you just ended up in hell, but there was a deception happening on your way there. Tell us about that. Yeah, so what was happening was my heart's fluttering. I'm on the trailer floor and I'm getting pulled away from my body and all of a sudden, I'm on this one-way road. It's like a highway. And I was in a drop-top convertible. And I had a nice suit on. And I had a big money bag beside me. And down this one-way road was a big city skyscraper in the background. 
and there are all these women, beautiful, supermodel-looking women with all their stuff hanging out, you know? Mm. And basically what this was was everything you think you want in the world, right? This is what was happening to me. It was like, you know, money, cars, success, women, sex. I had it all in that moment, and it was real. It was tangibly real. Like, you could feel it. It was so real. Wow. And I'm driving, and then in the distance, I remember hearing the only pure thing in my life at that time, which was my wife who was praying for me. She said, baby, come home. And I realized that this was actually happening. And I realized that where I was, I was dying on my trailer floor. And this was real. Like, this is, I, I said, no, this can't be happening. No. And I said no to all that stuff. Wow. And I looked behind me. And these women turned to huge 14, 16-foot demons, is the way I would say it. And they were, you know, the ugliest things ever. And oh. they were trying to all take me down, take me down to this place. And I look behind me, I hear screaming. I could smell like rotten eggs is the best way I can describe it. I hear screaming. I look behind me, and I'm holding on this steering wheel in terror. I'm so afraid. And I look back, and I go, no, no, no. And I hear, turn around, get out of here. And there was people burning. There were people in hell and they were burning in levels. And I knew I was just in a level that I was falling into. And it kept going down for miles and miles. And it's darker and darker. And it's the worst sound, worst smell, worst everything. And that's when you know it's just not a trip. It's all your senses. It's not just one. Hmm. It's real, you know, so. So they were burning. They were burning. Oh, my gosh. That is interesting. Now, I understand you didn't really have the concept for hell and that you didn't even believe in it, but here you are plunging deep into it despite not making it a part of your truth. How did that feel? I felt like I'm gone forever. This is it in this moment. And I'm going to burn forever. Like, I do not want to go there. I mean, you feel like you're helpless. You're helpless. Like, no good karma is coming to save you right now. You know, my money couldn't save me. Women couldn't save me. Your life savings couldn't save you. No Buddha. None of these things came to save me. Nothing. You're trapped, you know? And I'm not getting out of this. Wow. And so, when I said no, 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 I snapped to my last heartbeat on my floor of my trailer. And in my last breath, right there, like in my last breath, I say, help me, Lord. And I died right there. That was it. Okay. Uh -huh. And that help me, Lord, was the only thing that saved me in that time. Because your spirit is wired to know who your creator is. Your spirit is wired to know. And I cried out. And that was it. And I was in a black infinity place. And I knew I was dead. And I wasn't getting out. And that was it. That's how I felt. Oh. And it was like a waiting area. And I knew that I could never even go back to see my wife, you know, my girlfriend at that time, my kid, my family, even your enemies. You knew that you can even forgive them. It was just like, this is it. Like, I just wasted my life. And this is it. I was like separated. That's how I felt. You know, I was just walking aimlessly in blackness. It's like looking at the stars at night, but there is no stars. But all of a sudden, this light in the distance, like a star appeared and it zigzagged towards me like a cloud. And this man stood on this cloud and stuck his hand out. And in desperation, I grabbed it. And this man is the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior, who brought me and I went to a level of heaven with the Lord. Oh my gosh. It was like Jesus was there to save you, or at least to present himself to you as you were dying, since you called out to him as you're going through that process. I understand he pulled you out of this darkness, out of this pit. How did you feel as you were going through this experience? Wow. When you see the Lord, you know it's Him, and it's like liquid love is the best way I could describe it. And people always ask me, they say, what does He look like? What color is He? And I just say, man, honestly, He's bright. 
he wears a crown on his head and he's the king and you know it. You don't ask questions. You know, mm. you just know it. In heaven, when I go up to heaven, I saw the gates of heaven. And the gates of heaven, I didn't walk through them because I'd be living for eternity with the king right now. But I go out to see and there's layers of roads of angelic singing that just go up and up in layers. And you can just hear the most beautiful sounds that you can't even imagine that are on this planet today. Jordan, that is such an amazing picture of grace. Jesus had for you. I mean, it demonstrates that Jesus is a savior in the spiritual realm. Let's stop there. I want to have you on our next show to see how this experience changed your life afterwards. Jordan, thanks so much for sharing with us. Thank you. Hold tight. Let's talk about the reality of hell and what it's supposed to be like according to ancient scriptures right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I know this is making you think pretty deep probably, right? I mean, it does for me because I think myself how I always thought that hell was just this social construct that religious people just made up to terrorize the masses into obeying their wishes. But that is ridiculous when you really think about that. I mean, just think real quick. This is a very infantile type of thinking to think that someone just made it up to terrorize people. Let me explain. Deep inside, we all know that there is a real hell. Why else would many people have this uneasiness about dying? Because we are all wondering, where will I go when I die? According to ancient scriptures, there is a place that is full of torment for an eternity. And according to scripture, we're all supposed to go there. Let me explain. This is written in Matthew 13, 41 through 42. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. And by the way, that's like all of us. And will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Listen, guys, it's so easy to say that this place doesn't exist. But I think we are in greater error to say that it doesn't exist and then it does. You see, the entire Bible is not about forming an organized religion. It's about saving every single person from this type of spiritual result or consequence. From a place that is a furnace of eternal fire, where there is only wailing, which is crying your eyes out and gnashing of teeth. You see, when we gnash our teeth, it's a natural result when someone is under great distress or is under great pain, like incredible pain. It isn't good, guys. And Jordan was experiencing this reality. How do we ensure that we don't go there? How do we make sure that we know where we're going? And this is a hard question. This is a question that a lot of Christians would say, okay, well, you just receive the Savior and you receive Jesus. And I think a lot of people say, well, 
how does receiving Jesus really prevent you from going there? Well, let me explain. Jesus is the savior to your soul. As if you were drowning or you were sinking, he's literally the one to lift you out of that. And how did he do that? He died on the cross. He had to be tortured so that you wouldn't have to be tortured. You see, he took the punishment for you. He took an eternal punishment for you, for me. And all we have to do is receive it. And I want to pray right now for the person who's saying, gosh, if there's a hell, like I'm scared. How do I prevent that? My friend, I want to pray for you. Father God, we just are taking a moment to realize the true reality beyond what we can see. We all know there's a truer reality. And Jesus, I just pray you would open our eyes to really see who you are, to really see that you are loving us and that you're the savior of the world, that your hand is stretched out to us right now for us to grab it. We grab it right now. Jesus, we call upon your name. We ask that you would save our souls. We receive you. We believe in you. We repent of our sin and we turn to you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. See you next time.